Hey there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. You excited for the next part of this? I know Wingover has been waiting all week to tell you what happened with Undeify. It's been pretty entertaining. Well, why don't you go ahead and grab a seat by the fire and get ready for a story. Greetings, travelers. I see you eagerly rushed back. That's right. We don't have a little mini-sode this week. Instead, we're bringing you the next part of the Wraith. Ooh, what's gonna happen? Super, super spooky, visible creature coming after you. Oh, no. This little special has been quite a bit of fun, I have to say. And it's been really nice having a bunch of guests in here. It's been real good. Yeah, make sure you stick around to the end because uh, one of our guests, Cassie, uh, actually has a promo for you to listen to for the lovely Craftians, and I highly recommend it. They're a bardic group that plays Call of Cthulhu, whichever that, I think it's a giant creature that's trying to flood the world. Definitely great to check it out, because it's also probably some good safety tips for the future. Uh, I brought in an intern today. I know how much you all like our interns that we get from BattleBards.com. Uh, hey, Carrie, why don't you go ahead and tell people about Battle Bards? Hey, my name's Carrie. Yeah, like, Battle Bards has a lot of pretty cool sound effects. There's a lot of ones with undead, you know, and, like, psychic brain attacks and stuff. You probably heard that. And it's just, like, you know, it's super rad. And, like, if you... If you're not even using battle bars, like, I don't even know, you know? It's just like, you know? Cool. Alright, Kitty. Thanks for that riveting ad read there. So good. Okay. Um. Yeah, whatever. Whoa. Okay. Right. Uh, so we have another piece of fan mail, travelers. And this one comes from... The Facebook. It's something I have been neglecting to look at, I do admit, but here we go. This one is from Daryl on the Facebooks. Five stars. I've never been much of a D&D enthusiast, as I've seen and played too many tail-turn cliché, but this podcast hooked me right from Kelsar's prologue. Seriously, how often do you hear a hero die before the story begins? Ooh, that was probably one of the, the most fun things of the story, is just bam, bam, bam to each of the heroes. Thanks, Daryl. Now, travelers, uh, I know you're all eager to hear this next tale, so why don't we just go ahead and hop in there and let's uh, hear who these characters are in The Wraith Part 2. Hi, my name is Dave. I'm the Dungeon Master of Four Orbs, an actual play D&D podcast. I'll be playing TI-422, a ranger rogue inevitable from the planet Mechanus. My name is Sarah. I DM the actual play D&D podcast, Sacrosanct. I'm playing Valeri, the cranky high elf blade singer. Hey, this is Jeremy, the GM for the actual play podcast, Midnight Kingdoms. And today I'll be playing Maha Gungiri of Clan Turan, of the Kinsan Monk. I'm Cassie from the Lovely Craftians, and I play Marla May, the Lightfoot Halfling Druid. You can find me at the Lovely Craftians. 
Previously on the Ballad of the Seven Dice, our group of undeified successfully slayed the Arbiter after stopping by a town and meeting a familiar face. Though during this fight there was something strange that Maha had seen, something moving through the grass, something the Arbiter was perhaps afraid of. Now this invisible foe has descended upon them, stabbing Maha through the chest. He's now taking a substantial amount of damage, as you guys now see. These symbols start to form over Maha as you see this almost skull-like face form over him, as you can tell his abilities are activating. So now you all are standing there in this clearing. There's something there, you're not sure what, and Maha is bleeding heavy. Can I do a perception check to see if I can locate where this thing is? You sure can. Cool. It's my expertise, everybody. It's not. Oh, it's not at all. That's really great. Seven. There's a lot going on. There's a <laughs> lot of these giant vines coming out of the area. Marlamay's near Maha, staring at him as this blood's coming down. You see this strange skeletal grimace on Maha's face. T.I. has a lot of parts everywhere. Maha, what, what are you doing? What happened? What... You have a paper cut. It appears I've been stabbed. Did you stab yourself? <laughs> Not that I remember. Uh, while all this chaos is going on, uh, kind of like a World War II Normandy scene, T.I. is just walking around and picking up pieces of him and like using the take a knee option to like mechanically put them back in place, which I guess maybe if you want to give me some hit dice, I'll take <laughs> <laughs> Roll me, um, something. <laughs> I guess, uh, oh, wait, I have one in the one shot that we're doing. Roll me a mechanic skill, which will be your intelligence modifier and your proficiency. We'll say T.I. is proficient in fixing himself. <laughs> Ooh. 23. Oh, damn. Alright. I will give you back seven hit points. Cool. You guys see T.I.'s pieces actually almost pull the other pieces in, things slowly start getting welded together and fitted back into place as he's just picking up his own scrap and shoving it inside himself. Oh man, I, I thought he was going to pull out like a rep set. <laughs> start telling you about, he's like, you know, when I was your age and I had to fix things up. <laughs> and Marlame, what's your AC? Uh, 18. So Marlame you take seven points of damage as suddenly this slash happens right across your face. How rude. Right near Val, you see another like drag mark happen slowly down this tree leading towards Val. Uh, dispel magic. You cast dispel magic and nothing seems to happen. What the fuck? What the fuck? His hand is still raised and he's still like trying to like make it work like he thinks well this should have worked and it's not so why isn't it working what's wrong with my hand what's wrong with my magic what the fuck <laughs> Val is very proud for that moment in between the panic <laughs> and then he, he starts jumping backwards away from the thing that's approaching him are there any kind of tracks or anything appearing on the ground no actually you don't see any tracks and before you saw the grass moving and now nothing seems to be moving as Val takes four points of damage. And you see this wound appear right in his leg, and then uh, blood starts trickling down his leg. 
He yells out, ah, and then jumps away from that too. Show yourself, foul beast. Perception checks. So we're in a bog, right? Yeah. I'm gonna grab like just a like two handfuls of like mud, just a lot of mud, as much as I can, as much as Ti can hold mud. That's how much mud I want to be holding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got a lot of mud. I got an 18 on my perception. I got a natural 20. Or total of 24. Yeah, that's 12. 14. I didn't actually think anyone was going to see this. I went to roll the natural 20 with my crazy DC. You can't see it, but I muscle pose. <laughs> Is that where you say flex and then you flex? Val, you're looking around, you're panicked, your magic isn't working, you don't feel anything in this air, but these wounds are very real, you see everyone's being attacked. You're looking back and forth, there's this pool of blood that's formed at Maha's feet, as you see he's starting to staunch the blood flow. He's obviously not going to bleed out, but he's not looking fantastic. You look at the reflection of the blood. This person? Maybe? They're a person? They're standing right beside him and you see in the reflection they have this sunken face like their skin is all sagging and it's this dead gray and you see there is like this emptiness inside their mouth that's just hanging open and where their eyes should be there's more emptiness and every single fiber of your being is shouting that this is wrong this being shouldn't exist and it's either you destroy it now or you flee. And I need you to roll me percentage. I, I rolled a d10 twice, so I got six and nine. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. You see this. You see this blood. It's pooled. It's making this reflection of this horrific being. Their long, greasy black hair is just hanging over this obsidian black leather that they're wearing. They're slowly raising a blade, and then through the pool, through the reflection, they look at you, and you're so terrified, you just have to run. Okay. <laughs> so, I do what I want. Val literally just <laughs> turns and, and starts to run. Alright, what do the other uh, three of you do? Where are you going? Oh, I can't tell you. I don't care. There's nothing scary. And Val is quickly running. He's very fast right now. He's got plus 10 speed. So he is moving at dash 80 feet. Damn. That adrenaline is going. <laughs> he is just like, you see him running and like every so often his feet don't even touch the ground. It's just like a couple feet of air when they a little bit of a jump and just hit the ground running again. I'm going to start throwing mud around the area until I hit something <laughs> to try and find it. Roll me a ranged attack. Just randomly throwing <laughs> mud. A nine. <laughs> All right, so you start slinging this mud. Some of it splatters on Marlame. Some of it splatters on Maha. You're just throwing mud everywhere, but nothing's happening. Where is it? Where is it? And suddenly drag marks start happening on a tree. Coming towards the end. Do I see this? Oh yeah. Can I throw mud at it? 
Yeah. How far away from TA? Uh, probably about 10 feet. On my mud throw, I got a 19. You splat right against that tree, but nothing happens. Oh, God. And the drag marks keep coming towards you. I'm going to try to take a shot. I think this thing might be. All right, roll the hit. I'm so sorry, everyone. Got <laughs> <laughs> a disadvantage, I'm guessing? Uh, yes, because you're kind of firing at the one person with a good description of the creature is currently <laughs> hoofing it. 11. 15. So these two arrows come flying out, and they slam into the one tree where the scratch mark is going. The other arrow goes, and it slams into a tree near T.I. as well. But nothing gets hit. E.I., you take six points of damage as this slash mark cuts right across you. Ow. It attacked me. (laughs) And you slowly see carving in the trees, and it starts spelling out something. You see an I, then you see on one tree an A, then another tree an M. I'm going to dart over to Maha and try and staunch his wounds with a cure wounds. Nice. Ooh, six. All right, so that bleeding stops, and a little bit of skin heals over that wound. All right, I think we should get the fuck out of here. And then you see an H form on one tree and an E form on another. Oh, my God. T.I., assuming Marla May's run speed is pretty low, runs over and scoops up Marla May and then casts Longstrider on myself. Thank you. Following at the 80-foot dash. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I am following suit at the 90-foot dash. You three, as you're running away, making a perception check. Now, do you want to see it? I don't know. I'm okay seeing it. T.I. wants to. My dice say no. That's very true. (laughs) 23. 23. And if I do see it, I want to take the reaction to cast Hunter's Mark on it. Okay. And what did you get, Maha and Marlene? I got 20. I got a 9. So, I'm blissfully unaware. Yeah, good times are had. (laughs) Here's what happens. So Marlon, you are you're looking over, you're seeing Val, he's just running through these trees, going, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just quickly chasing after him, and TI is just moving. You see these uh TI, how does your long strider work? What appears? Yeah, so whenever I cast long strider on myself, you see like a shock mount activated in like the calf muscles area, and uh it launched like a a hydraulic system kind of pops out and extends the leg, making it to where I can like spring walk. Like has like a spring system going on, where I can launch myself further and further. I'm terrified, but this is amazing. <laughs> I say that's awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> Maha, you look back and you see an R and an E spelt on a tree, and then it's just underlined. And then Ti, you look back and you see. Just in uh, some of the yellow ichor of the arbor, you see this reflection of this being. And when you're looking at the reflection, suddenly static starts going over your eyes. You're trying to compute what this thing is. You're running query after query. You're searching through your internal databases. And you keep getting back a number of different system errors whenever you're trying to process the data. And then it just 
your system can't handle it and it just ejects what you saw. For the record, I am immune to mind affecting spells. I know. It's not a spell. <laughs> just making sure. You're just overloading a bit. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. It's something that if he was a stronger version of himself, he would probably be able to process what it is, but he's only a second iteration. Okay. I'll take it. So you know you saw something, you just, when you try to think about it, it's just like almost like a shadow of a person. In that case, I will just keep run. I'll turn my 360 head around again and look forward and just run as fast as I can. So everyone make me athletics checks. Oh boy. I guess, except for Marlo May, who is just in for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just here. Hey everybody, natural one. I went from natural 20 to natural one. Is acrobatics an option? Um, no, it would be athletics. Uh-oh, got me a six. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marlon. <laughs> Please don't drop me. <laughs> All right, so Ma just catches up. <laughs> He's just, like, running. You hear these pots and pans <laughs> uh, just clanging on his backpack. And he's just from the... <laughs> as he just starts slowly going past T.I. and catching up. You guys are... I'm not, yeah, not going to go past anybody. I'm going to make sure that everybody's next to me or in front of me. So you see T.I.'s sort of like spring legs. They're having a hard time keeping balance because he's lost so many bits and pieces of himself and he's still trying to repair himself while carrying Marlame and activating these springy legs. I'm going to grab Marlame. Do you just hand her off? <laughs> I can run. <laughs> yeah, T.I. will hand her off to like give up an arm basically. <laughs> You're just trying to get your legs under control, and you're having a hell of a time doing it. And you guys see Val is still a little bit in business, going, <laughs> and then just slaps face into the mud. <laughs> just like arms just flail out. And Val, this splash of cold water and mud and humiliation suddenly brings you back to your senses. And you can't breathe because there's mud in your face, but you're not afraid anymore. I slap my hands down onto the ground and shoot upright, taking a... <gasps> oh, what the fuck? Scrubs mud out of his face and is just looking around. What the fuck? What? Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, and then you see us running towards you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Val, give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, boy. Oh, that's a saving throw. That's good. I have, I have proficiency. Oh, that's not good. Oh my god, it's another natural one! <laughs> you are racking your mind. You're like, what is this creature? I know this creature. I don't know this creature. Where am I? I'm so frightened. What's going on? I hate this. So his face is pale and his eyes are wide and he looks close to just, like, wild, unhinged a bit. His hands are shaking and he can't focus on anything that's around him. And Val, take... Four points of damage as this cut goes right across your back. Wildly, he he shouts again and tries to scramble to his feet. I don't think he does a very good job of doing that because he's pretty freaked out. So he just slips and slides, and then he probably just misty steps. So he just vanishes from where he is and then reappears on top of a tree. All right, so you guys just see Val disappear. After scr- just trying to scramble upwards. He's really good at that. He will 
will attempt to hide. I don't know how good he'll be at it right now. See, hide doesn't have a whole lot to do with this situation. <laughs> I don't think I'll be here. Let's head back to Bogtown. Go to Bogtown now. What kind of prismatic What is everyone's hit points at? 36. 33. 14. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! Maha? 59. Oh, oh, wow. Let's bring those numbers down. Oh, my God. Where are you all going? You're going towards Bogtown? Oh, we were. Someone's going to have to convince the, the cat up a tree to come down the tree. Well, we don't know that you're up the tree. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> As you guys are running, make me procession checks. Should I roll stealth? Yes. Should I roll at disadvantage? Uh, that's up to you. You could impose that on yourself if you want. Ronnie often imposes disadvantage often. I'm going to impose that on myself. Oh boy, everyone! <laughs> hey, guess what? I rolled a natural one. <laughs> so you're just standing there screaming? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm sorry. I'm a tiny ball just tucked into like a nook between a branch and the trunk. And I think I'm hidden, but I am breathing very hard. And the whole tree is probably rattling with me. Well, not the whole tree. The whole branch is probably rattling with me. Bits of mud are falling from where Val is because Val's just covered. You all see Val. He's up there hiding, scared in a tree while you're making your way to Bogtown. Val. Oh, buddy, we don't have time for this. Val, we need to go back to Bogtown. Val, make me an acrobatics. Should that also be a disadvantage? Yeah, it should be. That's still 15. The branch suddenly snaps. And it snaps in a very unnatural way, like a hatchet was brought down at the base of it. And then you go tumbling down. You manage to land somewhat gracefully. But then you feel this knife stab into your side, and you take another six damage. Oh boy, everyone. I see this. Uh, you see Val fall, and Val, you hear whispered in your ear, I am here. Oh my god. Uh, mm, mm. Yeah, so everyone sees him fall onto the ground onto his side. There's some bloody spots now that weren't there before. And he just rolls up into a ball and he's holding his face in his hands. As we're running towards this direction, I will attempt, the I will attempt to pick him up. Okay, sure. Uh, roll me in athletics. And I have a five. <laughs> you are dragging Val by the arm. <laughs> you just go, you try to pick him up and it's just like, no. <laughs> you just grab onto Val's arm and you're still moving. But, Val, you're just getting dragged along. It's a bit of a bumpy ride. The mud's making it a slick move. I'm not sure if he notices really that much. I think he's just sort of muttering something in a, a language that no one understands. And he has in his hand a what looks like a purple quartz. Your gods will not save you here. This is not your time. And you take six points of damage as T.I. is dragging you and you feel something just slam into your thigh and pull out. Do I feel like T.I. has a good grip of Val? Oh yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna cast jump on myself 
which I've Love described it. as air thrusters pop out the sides of the caster's legs, launching the caster triple the distance. And assuming that I'm like at a diagonal motion, like diagonal stance trying to pull Val, I'm assuming this is just going to launch me like a like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Roll me that check. <laughs> I don't know what check that is. I think jumping is jumping athletics or is it acrobatics? Uh, well, jumping is just um, distance. There's no way for me. I actually brought it up earlier. Okay. Well, what about if you're trying to carry uh, an elf? Well, yeah, if you're carrying, I'd probably go with um, athletics. Athletics, and that's to do the thing and to not hurt yourself with the thing would be acrobatics. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> go at it, TI. You got this. Alright, so the athletics is a 15. Love it. Acrobatics is a 15 as well. So Val, there's a time where you're kind of flying through the air, and it's very surreal. It's this like almost mystical feeling that you're at one with the different animals of flight, and you think, huh, this is what it feels like to fly. And you look, and T.I. has launched you so high into the air, and then suddenly reality speeds back up and you guys just crash into the ground <laughs> and T.I.'s like still dragging you and trying to like jump along you're like ow, ow, ow <laughs> I don't think he's fully cognizant of all that's happening <laughs> I, I think he's just holding this crystal to his chest and he's he's saying in that language Please, I need I need to see, th- I need something to be able to see this. I need something to be able to, s- you have to give me something to see this. I don't know what's happening. You have to give me vision. Who are you currently praying to? Mistra. High or low? High. You guys are running and you feel, it goes over your eyes and it hurts. Something like a liquid is forming over your eyes and you look down and your crystal has liquefied and it's almost like warming its way up your arm you see like small tendrils of it is going over your eyes and this pink quartz is now sitting where your eyes should be and it you don't necessarily take damage but it is so painful to have in there but you see this being while you guys are running at this top speed these people who can run Olympic levels of speed and you see this person they're just walking slowly amongst you and just slicing you or whispering something to you and stabbing you. It's that gray-skinned person again and now you have a better look. It looks like at one time it may have been a woman. You see there's just these features on it where it looks like it's just it's almost in the middle of melting but it stopped part way like something just stopped it and when it reaches out its arms just keep going and then this quick whip and then a blade goes and you see one stab right into maha for six points of damage and you are filled with dread your stomach is just spinning and your head because ti keeps jumping (laughs) (laughs) you're just not holding on to this well marlame while you're holding on to maha as he's running you feel this blood slowly start to trickle on your hands as you realize he keeps getting cut and stabbed while he's running with you and you hear in your head your family will die because of you 
of me? What did I do? And then another wound appears on Maha for five points of damage. Ah! So I will, I will swat Ti's hand on me and say, t t "Tiger, stop, 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 stop." Okay, what is it? And then I will pull out my sword again, flick it, and there will be a spark of lightning that shoots out. And then I take that energy, smearing it across the air, and I draw a circle where the symbols of power fill themselves out into the air and create these patterns, these patterns of sacred geometry. And then I slam my fist down on this circle. A lightning bolt streaks out toward this figure. Make a dexterity saving throw? Yes. Uh, it's a natural 20. Jesus Christ. Do rogues get evasion in this edition? Do rogues get evasion? Yeah, I know in 3.5 there's evasion. I have not played a rogue in... I believe so. Yes, rogues get evasion. Okay, so then I don't believe there's damage on this then. If it's the same rules. Yeah, it's the same rules. Uh, I have yeah. evasion. God, because I rolled the highest lightning bolt I've ever rolled! <laughs> God. So, you slam down and this lightning bolt fires. And T.I., you look down and you now see these, um, what was it, purple quartz? Yeah. Uh, has formed over Val's eyes. And the lightning bolt strikes outward towards, uh, you can't really see anything there, but Val, you see it goes towards the creature. And the creature looks towards this and just bends backwards at this unnatural angle. And you hear all these snaps and cracks of its spine as this lightning bolt cracks over it and then it slowly snaps back upward. Okay, so I did see the creature? Oh, no, sorry, you didn't see... That's what Val saw, but you see okay. Val with this purple uh, quartz over his eyes. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and Maha and Marlame, you heard a lightning bolt just crack out behind you. I don't know if T.I. has any options other than running back to Bogbrook. So I, I'm going to be looking at my, my companions here that I've been with for a month. You see they're bleeding, there's bruises, they're frightened... You see this skeletal look, uh, this facial structure is still on Maha. You see they're all just panicked looking around. Alright, so T.I. has been given, you know, he has he has some yeah, programmatic knowledge in him from Mechanus, right? He, there should be a quite large, like a large vast knowledge of the planar realms and probably what creatures are out there. I'm going to go on a whim here. And I'm going to do an arcana check to see if I can determine what kind of creature this is and what makes it, um, what its goal is. Sure. And I got a 16. T.I. starts lighting up. You see the hourglass inside its head is just emitting this energy. And T.I., you are running every last damn processor to try to figure this out. Because for the first time, you don't want other people around you to die. You don't particularly you've cared a lot about a lot of people but you don't want these people killed you're, you like wandering around with them and you're not sure why you start going through again and again and again going query after query until finally one thing gets pulled up one row it's the smallest record there's next to no information on it but you see there's one name and it just says the wraith and then 
under known facts, it says, Denizen of the Mirror World, when encountered, run. So I can, I can take that information and assume that it's one creature. Yeah, there's only one wraith. With that information, I'm going to attempt to bring all of its focus on me and run the opposite direction. How do you bring its focus on you? What did you say it was? A denizen of... The mirror world. Is that like a separate realm? Essentially, everything you see in a reflection, everything you see in a mirror, that's not just the refraction of light. It's actually... You can see into another world that mimics our own. And there's denizens of that world that when you go to look in a reflection, they'll go up to the reflection to look like you, to show you a reflection. I still want to admit it. And this being is wandering through this world, but is somehow able to connect to yours and harm you. Oh, shit. Um, I want to detect a portal. Okay. Yeah, with my planar warrior horizon walker thing. Your sensors start getting almost overloaded. There are portals everywhere. Every area. The trees, the road, above you, below you. There are so many portals around you right now. Is there one I can... Hold on, let me... Try in here. (laughs) (laughs) Try in anything. And so I say... Do you wish to go back home, Wraith? Denizen, follow me! And then I will run towards the closest portal. Alright, so are you going to try to use it, the portal? I am. Roll me an arcana check. 19. You all watch as you see T.I. shout this at something that's there. Val, you see it, but you other two, you don't. And you watch as T.I. quickly runs and then vanishes. There's nothing there. Just T.I. suddenly gone. Val, you watch as this being just... The way it walks is it almost just starts appearing at places. Like, each step is almost 15, 20 feet, 25 feet. It goes to where T.I. was, and then it goes after T.I. T.I., where you are right now, is almost the exact same world, but you see everything there. You don't see your companions. You see featureless gray beings that are striking the same poses as your companions. And you see on these gray beings, there are wounds on them. Almost the exact same wounds that are on your companions. Did this wraith show itself now? You just ran in there, so it hasn't appeared just yet. Is there anything you want to do when you immediately jumped in there? Because of my sequel command that I ran and found that (laughs) said to keep running, I will continue running through this other realm. So you just start booking it, and then you hear something smash, almost like a glass shatter as it appears behind you. And you can hear this distant wailing, something in pain, something almost like a death cry. But it's just continuously going, and suddenly you feel a slash on your arm. And you take eight points of damage as you hear, How do you know me? Mechanist knows all. And then I start running further away. And like in my like run, I'm also going to be like, like, just say to myself, Goodbye. 
friends. What do you three do as T.I. is now gone and you don't feel a presence? You don't feel like those hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Val will immediately run toward where T.I. disappeared. You feel there's energy in the air, but you're not sure what exactly. Uh, Can I make an arcana check? Sure. Maha and Marlame, what are you two doing? I am stopping. I'm going to hop down. Yep, I was just going to ask. <laughs> I won't ask now, but... 23. All right. So you're looking and you feel the energy of uh, divination. You know there's some sort of portal at work here, but you can't see it. You other two, you see Val, he's stretching out his hands, sort of almost feeling in the air around where you just saw T.I. disappear. What just happened? Val is just going to shout, T.I. T.I., come back. T.I., you hear this echo distantly. And I keep running. I have to get this wraith away from my friends. Roll me an athletics check. Well. So you're keeping the distance every so often you see like a pot shatter near you or like as you're running, it's almost like you're moving at subreal speeds. You find yourself in the middle of a city and you find yourself in a desert, you find yourself running over water, which doesn't make any sense, but you're able to do it. And you keep seeing these gray featureless people wandering around in each of these different places. When you're on the sea, you see a few of them. They're in a boat, and they're just paddling along. When you're in the city, you see a number of them look like they're trying to trade, but there's nothing in their hands. And you just keep running as this thing is chasing you. You hear echoing behind you, your companion calling you. T.I. T.I., come back! And you three, you are standing there. You hear Val shouting... Where did he go? I don't know. This, there's some there's magic here. I don't know. Oh shit. Oh fuck you. I don't know. Well, he's he's gonna come back, so we'll just we'll just wait here till he comes back. You wait. Uh, how long would you say you'd be willing to wait? Val is gonna wait a long time. So the three of you set up camp, and you wait through the night. You wait through the next day, eating the root vegetables that you had beforehand that you'd procured from Bogwood. You wait a few more days as the rain starts to pick up, this cold autumn rain drenching you as you try to make these lean-tos. After a little bit of time, you just feel it. There's no more magic in the air. There's no more portal. Val probably doesn't tell everyone right away, and... On the day that he does feel that it's gone, he's probably just awake very early, and he doesn't say anything. He walks away from the camp, and he goes to where the scene of the fight was, and he looks over what's left before he goes to the spot where T.I. lost a lot of pieces. And he crouches there and stoops to pick up one of the pieces. And he has a another quartz in his hand. And he says in that language, I'm gonna have to find him then. Marlo Bay, Maha, you see Val, he wanders off. 
you've been waiting here for a long time now. You know your query is dead. Your arbiter has been slain. You don't feel any energy in the area like you've felt beforehand, but I guess one of you is magic, right? Arlame, you could probably sense the natural energies in the area, but you're starting to not feel that same arcane presence as well. I think if he's coming back, it's not going to be through here. Do you think he will come back? I mean, I hope so. He's our walking abacus. He can't just be gone, right? We can hope. All right, so we just need to figure out where he's going to spit out. It's not like there are dozens of realms and planes that he could possibly go through, right? That's a joke. It's kind of... (laughs) (laughs) You speak in jest. I can't say that around Val, because he's really upset, but, you know. But I think we can find him. There's always something that we can do. Yes. Hope must never die. So you begin packing up your gear, as it's now been two weeks. The rain is letting up, and this cold wind is blowing through. And as you travel on, wondering where your magical walking abacus will appear next, (laughs) you feel almost a, a magnetic pull coming from the one piece in your hand, Val. TI-423. Sorry. TI-424. Are you operational? I am fixed. Programs analyzing. I am searching. Databases. Initializing. Activated. What is your mission, TI-424? Track and kill Oradon. We are deploying you, TI-424. Be ready. Oh boy, that one ended on a bit of a down note, eh, Travelers? It was good, though. It's like one of those good down notes where you're like, oh, my heart, but you still feel, like, good about watching it, you know? Oh, and poor T.I., he becomes so lovable, but his mission is so dark. He has to go in and do something so terrible to somebody that is in our stories. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I hope T.I. can be happy. Well, thanks for joining us today, travelers. It's been a lot of fun, and we had uh, a lot of great times, honestly. And I'm so happy that you could hear all these wonderful guests, and it would just make us so pleased, pleased as punch, if you checked out each of their podcasts. You can find their websites in our show notes. They're all so amazing. I personally am up to date on all of them. They're fantastic and that's just one of the things that makes this community just so wonderful there's so many great podcasts there's great podcasters out there just everybody's there helping one another so would you hop on over there give them some good old reviews give them some listens give them some high fives tell them wing over sent you finger guns and I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy yourself you'll have a blast and also don't forget, good old travelers, you should uh, check out Easy Roller Dice Company. Grab yourself a few little knickknacks. I know you've been looking at your dice and you're like, Oh, Wingover, I have like 300 sets of dice, but I only have four dice bags. Well, guess what? 
They got some pretty big dice bags there. Go check it out. They're real good, real rad. I myself have been checking them out, and I'm particularly fond of that wolf one. And if you want, uh, hop on over and toss us a review, or just say hi on Twitter or something, dear. Just, just do a little bit of interaction. I'd love to hear from you. I always love seeing what people think of the show and uh, if they're enjoying it or not. But travelers, I must be off and uh, wish you all the best, but it is time for me to go out fishing. Come on, Michael, we're going fishing. All right, damn it. It is absolutely necessary for the peace and safety of mankind that some of Earth's dark, dead corners and unplumbed depths be let alone, lest sleeping abnormalities wake to resurgent life, to newer and wider conquests. H.P. Lovecraft. But what if the worst should happen, and these words go unheeded? The darkness deepens, but you'll find you're not alone with the Lovely Craftians, a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast, available at lovelycraftianspodcast.com or your favorite podcasting app. We all roll for sanity together here.